Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Nice. We're back, baby. We're back. You know, I just cracked open. Uh, I couldn't tell. It was in a koozie. It's a, a, a lime, bubbly, sparkling water. Ah, oh, I thought you were going. So, yeah, pretty pretty badass. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, uh, I, I don't know how I was going to use that as a, as a segue. We're back. Speaking of something badass. We've been gone a month now. Uh, well, tell, that, tell us why. Has, has there been a development in your, yeah, in your I'm, life that I'm, you'd like to we, share, Spencer? We had, uh, we had talked about this before we, we took the break, but uh, my, uh, my little girl was born February 23rd. So she is approaching one month old. Thank you. Um, so we, we took that little bit of time off. We, I was in the hospital those first couple of days. Uh, and then, you know, just adjusting to not parenthood because this is obviously not our first child. We have we have now three. Uh, we I, I told Samantha we're we're done with babies, right? Like we're not doing this again. But uh, yeah, so kind of another little one running around, eight, two, and now newborn. Um, been with that, been been home with her for like I said a few weeks now. Been great, getting very little sleep. Well, no, it's just it just I it, sleep at just weird times, right? Like one thirty <laughs> every afternoon is like, that's my new nap time. <laughs> Crash out after lunch, which is fine because I took two months off of work and it's going to be great. Uh, but like somewhere between three and seven every morning, I'm usually awake. Anyways, she's a really well, chill baby. We, like it's it's just great. She's should we great. record during? You know, three to seven. No, because I'm usually I'm usually uh, I'm keeping an eye on her. Not that she can go anywhere, uh, but she's awake and she's usually she doesn't fuss for no reason. She's she's been a great baby. She's not like don't have colic or anything. So when she's fussy, it's like something that she needs. She needs a change or she's hungry or got a burp or something. I don't know. Well, you run through any of the possibilities, right? But uh, I just feel weird like if she's awake to not be awake with her. And I, I let Samantha sleep because she's doing all the all the, the the heavy lifting, right? The hard work. She's feeding the baby. Um, so I'm, I'm anyways. If she's well, awake, asked, I like to be awake too. Have so. you asked your daughter yet what she thinks about the Texas Tech coaching candidates? She's got her eye on Coach Gerlich, so there is no there, there is no coaching candidacy there. She's all all set to be a Lady Raider. Hey, so. b- before we get going, um. <laughs> By the way, seriously, congratulations. Thanks, I'm man. Glad everybody's doing well. Hey, well, on that note, thanks for you and your wife sending dinner that one night. Uh, oh, we, yeah. We got treated yeah. to some, like, 
Chipotle or Qdoba style shredded beef burritos. They were fantastic. I, I went back to Michael and said, hey, like we're not having any more babies, but we might if you guys will, will make this again. <laughs> and he's like, how about I get you the recipe? It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, ate, I ate on that for several days, man. It was fantastic. And I will admit the, the, the beef had, you know, green sauce and green chilies in it. It was fantastic. There the cilantro go. rice, the, the, the rice and beans, you could have told me she had a recipe for, and not that it was a box of whatever that brand Zatarans, is. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Zatarans and then the the La Castagna pinto beans. Yeah, she discovered. But they were both just like, like this is like a, a bed of rice, some beans, the beef, cheese, like, and then you put like some. We have this uh, avocado, lime, cilantro, taco sauce. Put that in oh. there a couple days. You, you guys also brought over some uh, some Leal's uh, salsa, which was fantastic. No, was it Leal's or sure. uh, oh, it might have been Julio's. Julio's. I don't like. Anyways, fantastic. So, thanks. I'm. Well, I've, I've I've convinced Samantha we we have to make that. We try to attempt to make that ourselves at some point. You're you're very welcome. And like I said, in full disclosure, I I uh, I can take zero credit for this. This is all my lovely wife's doing. She's she's a very good cook and she was she was half embarrassed about oh man well it's just the beans were just the can and then the, i was like well send it anyway because i think they'll probably be happier that that's that's all it is if they if you like something that much then all you got to do is go to the store and get it awesome mm-hmm. and the zatarans we've been eating on that she discovered that you know a couple months ago and i feel like we've had it two or three times and every time that cilantro lime rice is like man even the house smells like cilantro. And I know a lot of people have a love-hate deal with it. So fortunately, our households, we celebrate cilantro. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I did have some news oh, yeah. What's that? that I wanted to share too. Mm-hmm. Do you notice anything different? I mean, the hat looks great. Uh... Completely putting you on the spot. Are they new glasses? Oh, there you go. Okay. See? Same thing. You had a baby. I got new glasses. I mean, just big life changes going on here. These are these are actually a name brand. These are, <laughs> are they Polo? Are they Roth Lauren? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you've heard of it, but they're Columbia. Oh, nice. I yeah. uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of their outdoor outdoor wear. Yeah, they didn't have Magellan, but if they had Magellan, it would have been like 25% off the, of the, the Columbia. Academy brand. Yeah, it's too bad. The uh, What is that? BCG? Yeah. Could have had that? Uh, anyway, that's all. Good times. Good stuff. I would, um, had, I, had I been more prepared, had I thought this through and not just been winging everything the past month i would have had a graphic up or a picture to show of uh of our little girl i can probably pull it up on my phone but i don't know how well it's going to show up on the uh on the stream here um it'll be great let's see can we do this yes Uh oh she's got a little bow 
There we go. Oh my goodness. There's a little. So her, her name's Finley Elizabeth. Uh, like I said, two twenty three. Uh, 223 223 those are the 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 real pictures are on like snapchat and we had the photographer over here i haven't downloaded those yet or anything or obviously haven't posted anything anyways that's where we've been the past month uh appreciate everybody's patience with us not just completely dying off i know we've got a couple of people hanging out with us on the youtube live stream which is awesome thanks for stopping through steven steven's uh making sure that you all know that my circadian rhythm Looks like it's been jacked, and it certainly has. Um, <laughs> it's fine though. I've 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 been getting stuff done. I actually, uh, I've got a couple of contract. I've had a, a couple of contract contractors out to the house. I've got concrete forms for some new patio extensions and my shed foundation to be poured probably tomorrow. Uh, I had to get them formed up. And then I had the sprinkler company come out and move some sprinkler and adjust everything for the backyard to make everything you know uh harmonious for yes. the new new uh flat work out there instead of doing it myself and just having weird random sprinkler heads and weird zone i was like hey you guys put this in come back out here so two guys two and a half hours two hundred dollars i was like shoot that would have taken me at least that much and and parts and runs to home depot uh, and then probably a couple of days to do that myself. Yeah, once, once you factor in my like time, you know, the <laughs> over under of my trips to Home Depot, which is usually at three and a half for a job like that, then it really starts to pay for itself. Yeah. Um, Are you ready to do a food draft later? I don't want to oh, get I'm so excited. Ahead, I just, yeah, let's I just uh, tell some people. Let's preview the episode. To, Ten minutes. We got in. a food we're draft gonna, coming. We're gonna we're bearing the lead a little bit. Uh, we're gonna talk about baseball. We're gonna not that we're gonna go over every game because that's 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 not. I mean, I've I've watched ninety percent of the games that have happened up to this point uh, because I've had the time to do it. And I, I loved every second of it because I just can't get enough baseball. Um, I have a, a little league update. Not on the notes. I have a little league update for everybody. Uh, that'll go at the end. We've got basketball women's and men's basketball we're not going to get into the weeds of either team since so much shit has gone down <laughs> on, on on the men's side on the men's side the women's side they're they're in the in the nit and they're in the round super of 16. 16 yeah super 16 that's right they play again on the 24th uh against arkansas um but we've got some head coaching news on the men's side, at least, not like breaking news, but uh, head coaching candidate and some some stats, some data to back up why he may be the guy. Uh, football spring practice started today, Tuesday, the 21st. Got some updates there, new names and numbers for a couple of guys. Any, any questions they may roll through on the stream? And then... Uh, get to the aforementioned food draft because this is all after all a food podcast. We'll wrap that up with the um, Michael and I going to draft the big 12 tournament foods and you guys will rate which team is more. I don't know. Desirable of the two, like uh, 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 the better well-rounded meal 
what you would prefer to, I don't know what, what the, the basis is, but we're just going to go for it. We're going to, we're going to draft the big 12 tournament foods. Um, and you'll, you'll let us know how we did first need to run but as we have been for quite a while, we are proud members of the stake in the planes content network. Um, that brings you all kinds of Texas tech athletics content from gambling gauchos to seeing Scarlet to red Raider ding red Raider dugout dinger derby podcast. Um, all of that hosted on staking the planes, red Raider dugout.com and where you find your podcasts. So if you haven't checked out those other shows, be sure you do. Um, I haven't, I haven't plugged the discord before since I don't get, uh, compensated for it, but on the last gambling gauchos, um, podcast where they were talking about the discord, they actually used us as some value add to the discord. So I feel like we should, we should kind of return the favor a little bit. They said they, they, they get some, you know, the subscribers get access to the content creators from the, the, the network. Uh, and they said, you know, Michael and Spencer from 23 personnel. And, um, you can ask us for tips on how to use the Whataburger app correctly. We will answer. So any time of day, the rewards system has changed. I haven't quite figured it out yet, but I've certainly had a tweet thread about it the other day. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not very thrilled. Can certainly tell you how to, how to, how to get all that stuff done. Anyways. Um, we're also brought to you by the sports drink network uh episode 337 here of the 23 personnel podcast they sports drink is here to bring you the intersection of sports and not sports just like we are sports and food um sorry i'm i'm getting distracted by the world baseball classic i got the the phone going on over here um usa down one run in the ninth with two outs with, of course, Mike Trout coming to the plate versus Shohei oh. Otani on the mound. Oh, Captains, Captain America versus Shohei. Two outs and nine. Anyways, um, back to Sports Drink. Check them out and go online at sportsdrink.org or on social, on Instagram, Sports Drink. On Instagram, spelled like Sports Drink, but without the vowels, all that we ask is that you close the door behind you. Try to not, not put the funk out. Michael. Let's yes. um, start baseball. Okay. Start with baseball. Let's start, we'll we'll, we'll tar, start talking sports now. It's only 18 minutes in. Yeah, let's do it. We're good. Left field, well struck. Nesloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field. And some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven high deep to right. Kerstad to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big foul. Cameron Warren's going to motor home from first. Throw the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. Popped up. Texas Tech can start 
All right. Texas Tech baseball is, they are, they're hot right now, Michael. 18 and four on the season, two and one in Big 12 play. Like I said, we'll not go game by game. Uh, but since we last left you at 4 0, the Red Raiders have gone 14 and four, uh, defeating teams like Western Illinois Air Force. They lost a game to Rice, beat Michigan, lost AM in 16. That was a game. Um, beat New Mexico, took two of three from Iowa, including going after their all-world starter and knocked him out of the game, took the the series, swept the series with UT Arlington, and then took the series this past weekend, two of three against Oklahoma State. Um, if you want game-by-game analysis, like I said, go check out Dinger Derby. Uh, they do weekend recaps um, and get you all that kind of stuff. We're going to give you high-level high stuff as Trout just struck out you know, jerk i would never strike out against Shohei Otani. make me captain the team usa i would never i would mm. never make the usa look bad not me man not me no these colors don't run baby um so japan wins the world baseball classic not not that big of a surprise they were the other favorite to win this thing um text tech baseball let's uh let's start with offensive leaders michael um like I said, last time we were, we were with you guys, we were at four games in. We were like, man, Gavin Cash has had a ridiculous start to the season. Guess what? Gavin Cash has had a ridiculous start to the season. <laughs> His slash lines, batting 440, on base 500, slugging 791. That's an OPS of 1291, which is stupid good. Seven doubles, two triples, seven home runs. He leads the conference in hits and home runs. 34 RBI. The other guy that I I, I would have told you, Cash is my, my favorite player and probably the best player on the team. My putting this together, I was like, I I, I didn't expect this. Austin Green, batting four eighteen. That is the only number. Well, sorry. He's, okay, four eighteen on base of five thirty six, slugging eight oh six, which is a great. Oh. Uh, yeah, rep for the Red Raiders. OPS of thirteen forty two, four doubles, two triples, six home runs. There's one home run behind Cash. He he actually leads Cash in RBIs with thirty five, and he's done this in sixty seven at bats, where Cash has done his in ninety one. So, that's very efficient. Now, is you you know I'm the biggest baseball fan on the planet. Most of these guys you're going to talk about. They're freshmen, right? Or they're at least, you know, underclassmen. Uh, Green, it, Green, is the second oldest on this list. Uh, Cash is a sophomore. Uh, okay. Under him, I've got Gage Harrelson, Kevin Bazell, Tracer Lopez. Those are all freshmen. Although Bazell has been here for about a year, I think he still qualifies as a freshman. Uh, and then Nolan Hester is the last guy, and he's a fifth-year guy. Um, but yeah, these are all underclassmen, uh, which is the reverse of what we're going to talk about with with football. There was um, I saw a projected depth chart today as spring practice started, that the two deep was chalked full, Michael, of seniors and juniors. Like we're going to be old this year, in a good way. Like these these guys that had like a bunch of experience too. It's not like hey they've been here five years and now they get to play. Uh, it's like no they've been here five years and they played five years. Um, like, and they're not all transfers or something. No, only some of them are. Um, 
But back to baseball. Sorry. Austin Green. Holy crap. Like he's he's come out of nowhere. I say that. He he wasn't he didn't enter the season with as much flash and hype that we we heard from Cash, right? Like we knew we knew all that stuff was there for Cash. And he he announced it immediately. Green's been building to this. And he had a hell of a weekend against the, the Cowboys. Uh obviously, you know, with the accent accentuated exclamation mark on Sunday where he hit the grand slam to put the Red Raiders ahead six to one. Um, they're in the fifth, you know, leading, not, he didn't lead off. He led the scoring in the fifth inning where, where Red Raiders put up 10 runs in that inning to, to ice that game and send the Cowboys home just a couple hours early. That we run ruled them on Sunday. Uh, but other guys offensively leading this team, Gage Harrelson and Kevin Bazell are both hitting 341. These are both first year players for Texas Tech. Bazell, like I said, was here last year, but had to sit. Gage Harrelson's a true freshman. Tracer Lopez is a true freshman, graduated early. He's a guy that everyone likes to remind you, like he would, you know, be going to prom here pretty soon, but he's a starting shortstop for a D1 Big 12 baseball team. Oh, and not only that, he's batting over 300. Um, and then Nolan Hester, the, the fifth-year guy that transferred in from Wofford, he's your leadoff guy, 314, but his on-base is 520. He's second on the team and on base, which is exactly what you want from your, your leadoff guys to get somebody on. Um, your pitching has, it's been great, but it's been not what you expected from the beginning. Like other guys have stepped up and stepped in from what we thought uh, to start the game, start, start the season. You've got Mason Molina and Brennan Girton as your, your bona fide one, two as your starters. Molina is two and one so far in the season, 281 ERA, uh, 1.17 whip, which is your walks and hits per innings pitched. So the lower that is, the fewer guys are getting on base. Uh, he's done that over 25 and at two-thirds innings with 37 strikeouts to 11 walks and holding opponents to batting only 200. Brendan Girton, 2-0 on this season, 4.50 ERA. It's a little bit higher than you would want, 1.59 whip. And this is over 22 innings pitch, pitched. His walk-to-strikeout ratio is a little more even, 19-17. to 17. Uh, strikeouts to walks, and then opponent batting average at 222. Uh, Bo Blessy was one of the the weekend starters uh, that we expected coming in to start the season. He's been limited due to injury or soreness. Um, expected to be able to pitch, but in a more limited role. Uh, you know, depending on how he's able to uh, not recover, but how much he's like to withstand. Um, so far in the season, he's 1-0 with a 0 ERA, 126 whip, holding opponents batting average to 105. Uh, other starters you've seen uh, with some some success this season, Kyle Robinson, Tabor Fast, Zach Erdman, and Zane Petty. Um, when Blessy is able to come back, what we've seen from Robinson, he was your your Friday day, Friday starter, to, you know, opening day starter uh, to start the season. You know, he's he's pitched in four games. He started three of them. His starts have not been that great. And I, and his other appearance was in, uh, in Houston versus A&M where he went six innings and gave up no hits. Um, and it, granted it's been one game, but you look at that and be like, Hey, if, uh, if he needs to come off, you know, out of the bullpen, like maybe you get Blessy in there and let him roll through, uh, the lineup one time and then hand it over to, to, to Robinson. Cause in his one, appearance out of the pen man he came in and just shut it down um and 
that's not to say that Robinson can't come in and 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 find his way as a starter too. Uh, you're going to need some starting pitching, uh, you know, past Molina and Gurton. That's only the two you need. Obviously, three for a weekend series. You will have more than three games in a week. Not this week. You got the midweek off, but you've had guys like Kyle Robinson and Tabor Fast been able to do that for you. Um, your relievers have also looked really good, uh, especially Brandon Beckel. Uh, he's 3-0 and on this season with a .64 ERA, 1.07 whip, 14 innings pitched, 19 strikeouts to six walks. Opponents are batting 164 against him. Um, the only only downside here, asterisk, asterisk is uh, he's possibly, hasn't been confirmed yet, possibly facing a four-game suspension after an ejection this past weekend that was kind of under the rate, like it wasn't really announced or shown what had happened because it happened at the end of an inning. Um, but this was in the Sunday game versus Oklahoma State. Apparently there had been some warnings given out by the umpiring crew uh, to kind of try to keep the game in check, reduce some of the, the the chippiness. But at the end of one of the innings that Becca was pitching, he got a strikeout. He made some kind of motion and probably said something to the batter. Um, and then Josh Holiday, being a little bitch that he is, ran out complained to the uh, the umpires, and they went and ejected him, ejected Beckel from the dugout after uh, Holiday had, had 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 said his piece. Um, you could tell that Tadlock was, was pretty frustrated about that in, in the postgame because he was asked about it a couple of times, and he, he declined to say anything about it besides, you know, this is a game that's meant to be played with, with some emotion. Um, and unfortunately, there had been a... a there had been a warning earlier, so there was a little bit of, you know, precedent set that they weren't going to let that stand. Um, the The biggest issue, I guess, with that is if that four game suspension stands, there there are no midweek games, right? So you don't get to 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 you know have time served, you know, essentially with two games, or whatever, and have them back available this weekend versus Texas. Um, he'll miss all of Texas. Uh, the, the Texas series this weekend, we have a one midweek next week against New Mexico. So he wouldn't be available till next weekend against TCU. If that isn't, in fact, the, you know, he has to face the full four games, uh, which is, would be unfortunate. Other relievers that have done well so far, Andrew Devine, one and one on the season, 1.8 ERA, 1.3 whip, uh, 12 Ks, four walks. He's, he's been used fairly sparingly. Uh, he hasn't gone out there and thrown a bunch. Uh, Parrish, though, has been thrown a bunch. He's thrown a lot of innings. Uh, he's 1-0 in the season. His ERA is a little bit higher. He tends to be a little more fiery and and uh, called on in some some hairy situations. His ERA is 442, which isn't terrible, but a little higher than you would want. 175 whip, 11 Ks to 12 walks. Uh, Ryan Free, especially lately, has really come on. He's 2-1 in the season, 284 ERA, 0.87 whip, which you love to see that under one. 17 strikeouts to only four walks. It's better than four to one radio ratio there. Josh Sanders, the other guy I wanted to mention, 397 ERA in the year, 141 whip. Um, not to say that there haven't been other guys that have, have contributed out of the bullpen. Uh, you saw a great performance from Ethan Coombs this weekend. Um, and then, you know, whether or not Robinson is out of the bullpen or bless you when, when his arm is, is able to go again. Um, so like I said, it's a little bit different than how we we drew it up or we, we expected to start the season. Uh, Molina and Gurton were, were, were obviously really good. Gurton 
Girton was, I think, initially slated to come out of the pen, uh, but has has solidified himself as a starter over the weekend. Um, upcoming, you got the the weekend series on the road in Austin this weekend. Uh, Texas has not had the greatest start. Uh, they've lost to some bad teams. They've lost to some good teams, uh, namely, you know, LSU. Um, but that was, uh, that was just once they only had, sorry, they only had one game against LSU. Um, they are, they are 14 and seven so far in the season. They have not started conference play yet. Uh, they have won their last 10 though, and they are 13 and two at home. Um, they started the season 0-3. They lost number 8 Arkansas, lost to Missouri, then lost to number 10 Vanderbilt. Uh, they beat AM Corpus Christi, Indiana twice, then lost to Indiana. They lost to LSU. Uh, and a, and a, a pretty good game on the 28th there in February. Uh, lost a game to Cal State. Sorry, they lost a series to Cal State Fullerton. Um, uh, they won once against Sam Houston, won against Mercer. They took all three from Manhattan. They defeated North Dakota State, New Orleans twice. Sorry, three times. So the teams they've they've defeated haven't been all that great. So, I mean, even with that uh, ten game streak and thirteen and two at home, uh, the games they've been able to win haven't been all that uh, impressive. They do have a midweek before you. They will face Incarnate Word uh, tonight. Actually, they're playing them right now. Um, and let's take a look at that real quick. Would assume the Longhorns are up big. Oh yeah, seventeen to nine in the ninth. So they're going to win that one, which is not surprisingly. So they will be fifteen and seven winners of eleven straight before you take them on this weekend. Uh, Friday seven. Uh, unfortunately, all three of these games are going to be on the Longhorn Network. Friday at seven, Saturday and Sunday both at two thirty. Um, so your, uh, your conference schedule is so heavily front-loaded. You will play the top half of the conference in your, their first four series, right? Um, if you can get through this, this stretch here between Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, um, and then Oklahoma, and not be underwater, like you got to be at least 500, if not just a little bit better, um, you really set yourself up well to, to be competitive there to end the season because you get Baylor, who's been absolutely hammered dog shit this year, Kansas State. West Virginia could be a problem because you're going to be on the road, but they, they've they been really good so far, especially at manufacturing runs. They are uh, just feisty. Uh, they lead, obviously, the conference and, and stolen base attempts and success right there. You need that Kansas to finish up your, your Big 12 schedule. So if you can get through the, the first half, um, that'd be really good. So you've got, like I said, Texas this weekend, New Mexico next week in the midweek, you got one game there in Albuquerque. Uh, and then you're back home for three against TCU the following weekend. Um, you would have a pretty good understanding and idea about where, where your team is at. Um, if you didn't already through, through 22 games, I think the offense has been a little bit of a surprise in a good way that like you've been so good offensively. Um, pitching has been, uh, you've got some really great spots there. You want to be a little more consistent, um, and, and kind of solidify everything there. But otherwise, like when this team is gone, when it's, when it's going, man, it, it can really go, um, 
So super exciting time for, for, for baseball. Michael, have you like after all that? Have you have you had a chance to watch any of the games? You got any any takes on uh, what you've seen so far? I have watched and uh, a few of them. Honestly, not not just a ton. I did happen to tune in on that ten run inning on Sunday, but I completely missed uh, Beckel getting tossed. I just completely missed all that, and so I came in late. I had no idea that that had happened, so I was I was listening. I knew that it had later, once because you know once you start watching the game, you start getting on Twitter and people start talking, and so I, I didn't really know the full story behind it till just now when you told me. But um, I mean, like you said, it seems like there was some precedence there to try to establish a boundary, and he may have crossed it. But yeah, it's not a good look for the head coach to come tattling out of the dad of the out of the dugout oh yeah but uh I, I think the thing that i kind of alluded to early on is i really like the age of this team paired with the success they've had uh, it, it's fun to root for a young team whatever the sport is and you accept that there's going to be some some issues here and there i was listening to dinger derby recently and and they talked about the errors you know this mm-hmm. team has a lot of errors yep. so that's but that's kind of par for the course, I guess. I mean, I I would expect, you know, it's kind of like a, a young basketball team having a lot of turnovers. Um, you, you just kind of expect there to be some lapses there that as they get older and as they, um, you know, get some more playing time that that'll kind of take care of itself. But it's, it's surprised me. They have surprised me, um, you know, after a, a disappointing opening not opening, but a disappointing weekend in one of the big Texas cities against a bunch of teams from other Power Five conferences, which is kind of how Tech has started baseball season for the last several years, it seems like. You go to those things and you win like one out of three or you go over and you're like, oh, oh boy. And then you know that you're playing Maine, whoever else next for a while. But but this schedule was, I mean, having Iowa on the schedule, mm-hmm. and that was a four-game series too, wasn't it? Or did I make that? No, Gonzaga was four. Yeah, but, Iowa was three, but it was a return trip from playing them last year, and they were ranked. You got them uh, pretty good the first two games, combined uh, twenty-five to eight, and then lost the one-run yeah. game. So, so I, I've been impressed with what they've, with what they've done after the Shriners Classic. You know that was that sixteen-inning game against a And M was incredible, but just unfortunately couldn't quite finish. Um, that would have been really good to beat the Ags. But it's it's not always going to work out that way. Yeah, but I, I have been most impressed with just how well they've done and how many young guys Tadlock's playing. And then even losing Blessy so early and still the pitching being able to hold their own this this whole time. That's the kind of a refreshing change as of, of what you saw last year with just so many injuries before the season even started. Yeah, and and you mentioned the injuries, and I, I would be uh, frustrated with myself. We didn't talk about Dylan Carter going down. Oh um, yeah, yeah. He went down the Sunday game. Um, was it Sunday versus Iowa, or is it a Wednesday versus Art? Like it was, it was late in the game. Um, I, I can't remember when it was now. Anyways, it, it was recently. He went down. On a as a deep fly ball, uh, collided with the wall, ended up breaking his wrist 
thumb, something in his hand, uh, on his um, his glove hand uh, that will, will keep him out anywhere between four and eight weeks, depending on who you ask <laughs> and what kind of timeline that person's giving you because Dylan Carter is certainly one that wants to be back sooner rather than later. Um, so I would expect uh, he'd be able to, you know, return by, um, you know, beginning of May, you know, at least, but before you get to the end, you know, the, the conference tournament there, which starts on the 24th, which that's two months from um, this week, actually. So, uh, you know, he's been out already about a week or so now. Um, other than that, man, it's just like, you know, you, you've, you've had some, some great, success offensively with the bat. It hasn't always, it hasn't all been home runs. You've got guys that are hitting for contact, uh, that are finding gaps. You've got just, you've had really great, um, timely hitting at times. Uh, and there, there's some, some obviously pieces and opportunities to get better. I think the, the DH position is one that you look at and, and you would expect more of, um, whether it's been Coleman or Brome, um, Woodcox, I think Woodcox probably has a, a great shot to take that over more full time. Uh, from what he's been able to do, uh, but just in, in a limited capacity. Um, maybe it will be uh, Coleman. He hasn't he hasn't been the, the consistent presence there. He's been out uh, returning from injury or recovering or whatever it's been. So he hasn't been, uh, you know, full health. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to hold his performance against him and say this is the best you're getting from Ty Coleman. It needs to be better. You need to replace him. Um, but you've got guys on, on the bench that that I can certainly hit the ball. Um, and that can run the bases. So if if Coleman needs more time to to be the you know a regular contributor at the DH spot, I think you've got some options there. But outside of that, man, the the, the errors you mentioned, um, they seem to be trending in the right direction after the way the season started. I think you're still like I, I didn't I haven't checked the, the stats on this in a little while. You were like second or third worst in the country in terms of errors committed, um, and that that will unfortunately come back to bite you. Like you, you won't be able to survive a lot of good teams. If, if, if you're committing that many errors you did this weekend versus Oklahoma state, they came into the series having committed nine errors total on the season. And Keith did confirm you've, you've committed nine errors in a, in a series before this year, <laughs> not just the season. Um, but you know, you forced four errors on them on Friday and then two more on Sunday. So, they came in with nine, left with fifteen. So you you added, you know, another two thirds of what they already had on their season, uh, just in two games. Um, I think one of the things I've 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 said previously about this team is they've had they've had really good bats, uh, but they tended to struggle against the the really good pitching, which you know, um, good pitching team tends to outperform good bats, especially early in the season. You've ran into some ace material, best arm type guys that you've seen from from across some of these teams, um, and you've not flinched. The guy that you faced on Sunday uh, against Oklahoma State, he was supposed to go Friday, ended up getting delayed a couple of days because of how long he went in his previous outing. He wasn't quite ready to come back and pitch yet. Uh, you loaded the bases on him in the first inning. You made him throw 100 pitches in four and two-thirds innings. Um, to the tune of six runs, at least six runs. I don't remember exactly when he came out. Um, 
a guy that you, you know, obviously if you listen to the, the Dinger Nervy podcast and get the, the full details on this, but a guy that you were in on and you were down to between you and, you and Oklahoma State to land this guy, um, like they're one of their best arms. Like you got to him and you got to him pretty good. Uh, Brecht from Iowa came in here was the, the, the receiver from the, their football team that could also throw hundred miles per hour. Um, you didn't flinch when you faced him. You, you, you got to him pretty good. So you've, you've been able to go toe to toe with some of these premier pitchers. Um, and your offense hasn't, hasn't vanished. Um, now there have been teams where you face a good pitcher, like, like rice. Uh, you, you only scored two runs there and you, you face their, their best guy. Um, and then, you know, the, the Sunday game versus A&M, you, you put up two runs. Again, uh, your offense wasn't wasn't in a great spot at that point in the season. But you were averaging, uh, I think you're you're up to around 10 runs a game right now, which is just unbelievable. Um, so I'm excited about the baseball team and the direction it's going. Um, I'm not overly concerned about um, – the series this weekend, I, I would love to get at least a series win in Austin. Um, especially if you're going to be trying to compete for a, a, a conference title this year, this is, you know, one of those, those things that you have to have, you have to have series wins. Um, you can't just win, win at home. You have to win some on the road too. Um, but again, it's still early enough in the season. I think you're about halfway through your schedule at 22 games. Um, so in a great spot. Your, your rankings have, have been updated and they continue to trend up. Uh, I think most of the, the outlets here that, that track these things have you in the teens right now, which has been, like I said, on, on the positive uh, upswing, you did take a little bit of a dip. Um, after losing to, to A&M, uh, you got some respect after beating Iowa. Your RPI definitely skyrocketed facing Iowa. I think they were a top 20 RPI team. And he went from like 200 up into the fifties the, the that weekend. Um, so you're, you're heading the right direction. Uh, you've got some arms identified as guys that you can, you can rely on. You've got some guys that you, you, you know that there's potential there. You need some more from um, young guys are stepping up big. Uh, Damian Bravo. I think we have to mention him. Uh, he's, he's pitched and played in the field. Uh, he's been another outfielder, corner outfielder for you to help kind of, cover some space as, as you're moving guys around to help cover for uh, Dylan Carter's absence. But so far uh, he's got four hits at the collegiate level. Three of them, Michael have been home runs. So he's, he's not, uh, not shy about breaking that bat out when he can. Um, but also he's been on the mound. He's been on the field. He's doing it all for you. Um, so super exciting times for the baseball team. I want to I want to shift gears a little bit though, Michael. I want to talk about basketball, both men's and women's. You ready to do that? Okay. All right, let's do it. Yes. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he stopped it by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Bournemouth and a crowd stripped by Owens. Ready on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes. with a crossover and the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double, into two. Oh, Andrew puts it down. 
Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Cobra got the separation. Oh, oh big shot. Woo! Step it up big time. Dagger. Over on the dish. Odiasse! And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Speaking of tournament, let's start with the, with the with the women's team, Michael. They are uh, two and zero in the NIT so far this season. They have taken down uh, UTEP sixty seven fifty four in the first round, and then that uh, they hosted that game, and then they hosted SMU on the twentieth. That was yesterday, and took them down sixty one forty nine to set up their next round matchup in the Super sixteen versus Arkansas in. Fayetteville. So they've been, yeah, that's, that'll be Friday uh, during the baseball game. So my suggestion is don't turn on the Longhorn network. And if you're like me, you don't have it anyway. So you just listen to the baseball game, but you queue up ESPN plus 7 Mm -hmm. PM. See the lady Raiders take on Arkansas Bailey Maupin. Bailey Maupin is a dog, man. Oh, yeah? Incredible. She has averaged 19 points these two games off the bench. Uh, she had 17 points in the first game, shot 50% from three. Um, only four of those points were from free throws. And then last night, <clears throat> 21 points, but didn't even make a three was 0 for 5 from 3. So they were, you know, a lot of field goals, 7 of 16, uh, 7 of 8 from the line, just really clutch from the line. Uh, the Lady Raiders jumped off to a pretty big lead, but then SMU closed the gap on something like a 17 to 4 run. And I think they even took the lead at one point. Um, but then they were able to finish them off there in the fourth quarter. But I'm pretty excited to watch this team keep going. And see what see what Moppin can do. I mean, Brianna Scott's awesome too. Um, she had eleven on uh, against SMU. She had thirteen against UTEP. Um, you know, just a fun team to watch, a fun team to root for. And uh, Garlic is letting a lot of the younger, you know, more of the younger players play than I kind of thought she would in, in games like this. Like Freelon's getting quite a bit of time in these games, uh, so I mean I'm I'm excited about her because she seems like she's got a really bright future here. But yeah, Moppin, man, just um, pretty pretty good, pretty good player coming off the bench. Yeah, you had twelve so players. Yeah, you had twelve players check in and play uh, last night against SMU. So that's saying something about you know, uh, girl playing the entire entire roster. Um, yeah. Yeah, you had three. I scores. think she knows how important it is oh, for, for sure. these players just to get any sort of postseason experience, even if it's at home. Whatever it's it's at home against probably a slightly more intense crowd and probably a you know against UTEP and SMU in a tournament. Probably a few, uh, I mean, quite a few that traveled. You know, quite a few Miners and Mustangs fans were probably there. Um, you know, a lot more than when they play Kansas at home or something in a Big Twelve game, but. It's just a unique atmosphere, even though it's at home. Um, but yeah, for the first time in ten years, to have your a postseason chance, it sounds like they're really 
taking advantage of it. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they do Friday night and, and see how the, see how the baseball game goes too. Yeah. But just, yeah, they shot of, kind of a second thought for me. Yeah. They, they, they shot almost 42% from the field, including 10 and a half percent from three. <laughs> they were not yeah. relying on the three, um, or that because they just weren't weren't getting it, uh, but they were still pretty efficient uh, elsewhere on the on the floor. Um, yeah, and and I think this is a great opportunity for for this team to get to get some tournament experience. I know a, a lot of people are, you know, would say that that's not the you know the NIT is not not where you want to be, but uh, for a program that's, that's that's climbing back from where it used to be, um, NIT is just fine. And, and then to, to go out and do this uh, and to be winning. Um, I wouldn't say like handsomely. I mean, they, they, they won their first game by 13 and one, one last night by 12. Um, but you're not, you're not scraping by these, these like one or two point wins. You're looking good doing it. Um, so it's, it's all, all, all the better. Um, if, if Texas tech is, is to, uh, is to advance past Arkansas, they will meet the winner of Nebraska, Kansas, uh, and they play on Thursday. So you'll see your next opponent. If you are able to get past Arkansas, uh, you, you'll you'll know who that is before you, you play Arkansas. Who you we, we've got to stay focused on oh on for the sure. Razorbacks, you gotta, you I mean, you know, as as a as the twenty three personal podcast, we are fully focused on the Razorbacks. I just want everybody to know. I was just trying to let everybody know if, who they wanted. If okay, you know, what the next what the future would hold. Um, speaking of what the future may hold, Michael, I'm sure everybody knows. We I, I, it wasn't a surprise, and it happened. This the season wasn't even over when when we stopped recording uh, a month ago, but oh, I thought you were going to go into that that uh, that hymn about. But I know who holds the future. I thought you were immediately going to go into something biblical there. I don't even recognize that one. Oh, okay. We've got a, di- a different hymnal apparently. Um, yeah. that happens. No, it's fine. I, I'm sure a lot of congregations have their own hymns, but uh, Mark Adams has been dismissed, which is not unsurprising and. Without going too deep into everything, um, I would just say that the rumors and accusations that came out under the end, end of the season, to me, this is a this is a Spencer opinion, was more of a straw that broke the camel's back type situation, or something that was more um, something more tangible that you can point to. Uh, instead of just like, well, there were things that may have come up in the off season or during the season that were of a private nature, but we didn't really approve of and didn't know how to address it. And there were concerns. No, there was like, I, I think in combination with everything that happened at the end of the season, what happened during the season, and then early on, uh, you know, late summer, early beginning of the season, I think all, all gets wrapped up into one. So I don't think it's a one thing. Um, you know, one shot of whatever happened um, with with the allegations of, of of player mistreatment there at the end, um, but I don't, you know, not surprised by by the the outcome. Uh, unfortunately, um, the the selfish nature of me is saying that, like it happened at like just a, such a terrible time because. If you're moving on from a coach, you wanna you wanna go after somebody with some success, and and unfortunately, with like the the programs and 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 teams you're going after, the the coaches you'd be going after, 
they're still playing, right? You're not you're not taking a coach that's not in the tournament right now. So you're you're still sitting around waiting to make this hire. It may be uh, more of a, a formality at this point. I think there has been a, a front runner identified in Grant McCaslin, the head coach at North Texas. They did end up winning tonight in their NIT game versus Oklahoma State. Um, but you know, it, had they lost, I, I think I think it would have you'd been able to hear movement on this a lot faster. Uh, if it is indeed, you know, down to, to McCaslin. Um, Outside of that, you haven't really heard like with any kind of um, believability the other coaches who were rumored to be connected with this opening. Um, like there were, there was that 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 play by Rick Patino's agent to get some movement on, <laughs> on on his new job that connected him to Texas Tech. I don't think that was ever going to be a thing. Um, somebody said that. You know, you, you had to make a, an offer to, to Coach K to make him say no. It's like, well, that wasn't going to ever be a thing. Um, and then there's there just a list of, of names that we've all kind of thrown around as, as fans or as message boards or whatever. But you haven't heard anything. You have, you have a, a a hiring committee or a, a search committee, excuse me. Um, you know, do you want to talk about the merits of, of having a search committee, Michael, and, and the makeup of this one specifically, or just, just leave it at, we have a committee, <laughs> a search we, firm. Well, I, I like the committee. I, I particularly like that Odiase is on it and, you know, not to get too into what led, what ultimately was the straw that broke the camel's back, as you mentioned earlier, that led to Adam's quote unquote retirement. Um, you know, I think it's very important to have a, a former player and be a man of color on your committee, um, evaluating these guys and having opinions and having different thoughts um, about who's going to lead this this next group of young men that are going to be Red Raiders. Um, I so the the members are Odiase, Womble, Joey McGuire, and. I know I'm forgetting. It's is Kirby part of the committee or is he just? I think so. I think, man, I thought there was a fourth guy. Um, but McGuire is. That's an interesting one. Um, the Gauchos mentioned this too, and I, I agree. Like, I kind of just feel like he's busy right now. Well, with the start of uh, spring practice, yeah, for sure. Um. Uh, and he's been here one year. He's he's done great things in one year, but anyway, uh, that one just that was just kind of interesting. Womble makes sense because um, he's the one footing a lot of the bills. Might as well put him in there, and I, I do think that he knows ball probably a lot more than the rest of the donors. Um, yeah, and and it's not that like you want to have the donors run the program. But you no. want to be able to see this person be able to interact in a, at least a, like a, a symbiotic type of relationship, or at least be able to hold that kind of relationship with that, with that group, right? That you're not freezing them out. You're not, you know, s- setting them on edge or uh, that you don't know how to conduct yourself around people that have a lot of pull and say in a program like this. Um, but no, I like, I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. I there's not like the makeup of of the of the committee doesn't scream like oh we're, we're like I I have a full confidence that we're gonna get the right guy. Um, because like there it, it comes down to a, a bunch of guys that are are interviewing for like a cultural fit and not for skill, which I guess you can kind of base skill on how they're doing at, at their current position, right? Um, right. Cause like you, you've got, you've got like Odiase and, and McGuire there who are, I would say like more focused on, on characteristics of how they're going to interact with the players. Um, and not so much like how they're going to be like actually conducting themselves in a coaching capacity. And I, I, I want to like, just, I, I don't know how to, how to verbalize how that's different from like, coaching them and being able to interact with them in a positive nature, right? Like those are two different things, at least in, in my mind. Um, and that, that you'd be a cultural fit, uh, that you understand Texas Tech. I, I, I think that's, that's a big, that's a big piece of like why you're not going to get some of the big name guys that, that, you know, you may get a splash higher from like, well, they, they just don't fit here, right? They're not a, they're not a West Texas guy. They don't, they don't, they don't understand it. Um, but also like I saw a cynical comment on, on a, on a message board today and I was like, <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh and just kind of like, well, yeah, it, they, they, they said like how, how ironic it was or, or just how, how rich it was that you, you finally go with a search committee or search firm for the past two coaching hires and they've identified the guy that everybody already knew or everybody already suspected in the first place. Right. Like when, when the job was open after beard left, everybody was like, well, it's, it's gotta be Adams. Right. Um, and then the, the search firm came back. It's like, you've already got him on staff. You just need to, to, to elevate him. And then you've got this group coming around, um, with this opening and McCaslin was on the, on, on the list last time, right? Like he, his name was floated around when, when beard left a couple of years ago. Um, so again, it's not like it's not like they've come out and said, "Hey, you like we've actually found this diamond here." Like uh, Tobin Anderson from Farley Dickinson or whatever. Like this is the next big up and comer. It's like uh, they they just both times you've gone this this outside route. It's like they've basically confirmed what everybody else was kind of already thinking, which I guess there is some, some value there, right? Like it's not like we're all just drumming up like we want Billy Clyde Gillespie and like whoa, hold on, <laughs> red flags. Um, but anyways, I want to talk about McCaslin for a second on the, on the, the, the skills part of it. And, and not that I'm not a basketball coach. I don't know X's and O's, but I, I want to just kind of highlight what he's been able to do at a program like UNT University of North Texas there, the mean green, uh, and, and, and what that may look like for Texas tech and at least how he's been able to, to elevate that program, uh, with that kind of frame of reference of like, you're dealing with North Texas money and recruiting base and resources, right? Like you can probably project these to be a little bit uh, more profound at Texas tech. But prior to McCaslin coming to, to North Texas, uh, the mean green basketball team in, in terms of Ken Palm were rated as the number 320th team in the country, which is, is it, if you remember, that's, that's not, you can't go much lower than that. And that's including teams you never even heard of. Um, adjusted offense was 316, adjusted defense 294. Year one, 
under McCaslin went from 320th to 146. Offense went from 316 to 142. Defense, 294 to 142. Uh, and every year since then, there was, it's been a, well, sorry, 2019, there was a slight step back. Uh, they went from 146 to 158. Uh, offense dipped quite a bit. It went from 142 to 265. Defense did continue to improve, 142 to 82. Uh, but overall, like I said, step back. Then since then, it's been trending in the right direction for four consecutive years. He went from 158 to 77 to 72 to 57. And then this year, they were 37th in Ken Palm currently. Uh, there have been some some concerns about his offense. Um, that They say it's a terrible offense and that it's just it's low scoring. The the deal with that, I think it has a lot to do with the pace rather than the, the efficiency, the, the offense that they've been able to, to do that they've been able to put on the court uh, has been highly efficient. It's just been more methodical. I think like think back to um, early beard or Tubby Smith days where like you're, you're, you're taking a full possession, right. To, to, to get into your sets and your, your points Um, early on in in teams that are, that are a little more overmatched. This certainly helps even out the, the, the court here and give you chances in games that maybe you wouldn't otherwise have chances in. Uh, but he's definitely a defensive minded coach, right? Their um their adjusted defense ranking this year was twenty-sixth. Uh, but their offense finished, or at least currently right now, is seventy-sixth. And there were times this year where the Texas Tech offense was a lot worse than seventy-sixth. Um, it did finish better than that, I believe, but it's not like, you know, I, I think a lot of people are saying Grant McCasley, he's gonna come out here if he does, he's gonna run this terribly boring offense. Uh, and it's going to be bad, um, but but the defense will be good. Well, they'll be an efficient defense. Sorry, they'll be an efficient offense. Um, and according to advanced metrics, it'll be adjusted. Whatever, like seventy six out of three fifty is not that bad. You know, you're looking at top quartile. So, uh, will it be high flying, high scoring? Not. You know, I wouldn't expect that to be. Uh, without knowing what the, the rest of the makeup of the staff would look like. If it is, like I said, certainly McCaslin, there has been some um, some speculation there with some some looking into to Al Pinkins' contract. He did accept the, the role as an, uh, as an assistant with Chris Beard at Ole Miss. That was another thing that happened this past month. Chris Beard got a job. <laughs> Ole Miss has really just made a name for themselves. They're really just not giving a crap about their public yeah. image. Um, but... There, there was some some language in, in Pinkins' contract with Ole Miss that he would be able to be retained at Texas Tech, and, and Tech wouldn't have to pay any kind of buyout there uh, if McCaslin would want to, to retain him on staff. There have been some uh, rumors and some positive movement to a, a, a reu, reuni- reunion of Barrett Peary in Texas Tech if, if he were to be offered a job under McCaslin. I think that could be... Uh, that 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 could show some promise there to to continue to improve on that offensive number. Um, again, if that's something that McCaslin wants, I think you know you want to definitely allow him to to craft the staff around what he wants, and not just you hire him and then you hand him a staff. That's not going to work. So there there have been some, some positive things there uh, in terms of like possibilities of staff that guys that have connections to Texas Tech that you feel pretty comfortable with um, that you would want to be here to to go along with it. But McCaslin has been a winner everywhere he's been. Uh, he's been successful, um, and he's been trending up, right? This is, you know, 
may not be the the new name like you didn't like uncover this this you know hidden gem um but he's certainly trending in the right direction and he's he's taking a team like North Texas up to you know 37th best team in the country with a top 25 defense and a top 75 offense um and they're playing you know in postseason play late they, they took down a big 12 opponent t- tonight um with like I said yeah with the, their players and resources and availability, whatever they have at North Texas, I think you could be able to do and build on that at Texas Tech. I, I didn't realize this, but Texas Tech lost to Oklahoma State by the same score both times last year or this past season. And so he's already beaten them. I'm, I'm, I want to walk back like 10 minutes slightly. Okay. I do think Odiase is going to be very interested in the culture and the fit mm-hmm. of the coaching candidates, but he is going to be an X's and O's guy too. He I mean, could he, sure he played. He played for four years. I, I do think he's, he's going to be very interested in that aspect of it. He played for two different coaches, different styles. You brought up, um, I mean, you know, uh, beards kind of first, first couple of four A's was a little bit rough on the offense, but, you know, things started to pick up, especially when you get guys like Mooney in and, and uh, Owens and stuff. So I, I think he's he's going to be a contributor there on that. And and then to kind of go back on what you said about McCaslin, did you realize that I think if, if this hire goes through, um, I mean, yes, all, all these Ken Palm rankings are great, but his tempo, did you see the – the adjusted tempo, which is the number of possessions per <clears throat> 40 minutes. He's dead last in the nation. 59.1, 363rd out of 363. So I think a lot of what folks are saying about the offense is validated by that. Um, I guess they just really are going to rely really closely on their defense. So if he's the guy... <clears throat> Prepare yourself for knuckle biting possessions that use the entire shot clock every time and hopefully come up with a good shot. Yeah. So Ken Palm has updated after the result tonight. They're actually up to 33rd in the country, up from 37. Uh, adjusted offense, 73rd, defense, 90, sorry, 25th. I was looking at their, their score, not their, their ranking there. 25th. Uh, they're ranking, they're, uh, tempo, yeah, you said dead last, 59.1 possessions per 40 minutes. Uh, their luck, they're about even, so not like they are they got there by being a super lucky team this year. Um, strength of schedule, they were, you know, 113th. So top third. Um, anyway, so... I, I I don't think you can just like immediately d- disregard him. Like, hey, that's I don't like this uh, because it's not a Sean Miller or a a Shaka Smart or a Jay Wright or Calipari. You know, is um, Bill Self. is Denton West Texas? Oh yeah, for sure. It's all West Texas. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. I mean, it's it's, it's West of thirty five. So. Yeah, it is. It's 35E, but it's west. It's west. Is it west of, yeah, I was about to say, is it west of both of them? It's not west of 35. No, 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 because uh, I think <clears throat> I think 35 combines up there at, at Denton again, right? 
Because it splits to go just, around. No, yeah. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. It's West Texas. So uh, I would expect, I mean, I, without any other confirmation or rumors or leaks, whatever, McCaslin's probably the, the guy. Um, I, I would be just anxious to get this thing going again, uh, see if you can get a staff together and get to recruiting, see what this roster is going to look like, see if you can get a Tyler Perry to come with him from North Texas, his all-star guard, who's been just absolutely phenomenal for him for the, the Mean Green this year. Because uh, you want some guy that, that you know, yeah, you you can t- t- certainly teach the system to the players, but if you've got a guy that's running, like he can be your, your floor general too, um, you certainly wouldn't turn that down. So we we mentioned uh, we mentioned McGuire. Let's let's shift over to football and then wrap this up with that uh, the Big Twelve tournament food draft, man. Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited. All right, let's do it. Keeps himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown! To now the end zone. Picked off. And it's picked off. Pick six. Jeffers. Slider able to escape. And that picked off. Back to back. Turnovers and water. One of the other way. Back down the sideline. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw again. Has a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks through the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith. Find a little time. Throwing to the back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. All right, spring practice started today for the football program. Um, officially, start of year two for Joy McGuire. Uh, got some 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 content, some photos, videos, uh, all that kind of stuff out from practice today. Got a preview up on the website if you want to go check that at TexasTech.com. Spring preview: Texas enters year two under McGuire is the headline there. Um, do you want to get to a just a really interesting quote coming from the media availability afterwards? Uh, McGuire is very bullish on this year's team already, which I would expect him to be. He said this year's team would beat last year's team by two touchdowns. So really put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, the, uh, the other thing, I mean, obviously I, I think we, we've talked about it. Um, but the spring game will not be at Jones AT&T stadium this year. It will be at, um, Lowry Field here in Lubbock, so it'll still be here locally, but uh, it will not be at the Jones with the construction going on. Um, did want to get to a tweet that came out about some of the newcomers, new names, new numbers. Um, 
the the new numbers thing, I'm, I'm let let you guys go through that on your own uh, to let you kind of figure out, you know, who you need to remember where they're going to be, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the um, the newcomers. So starting with, with some of these transfers, uh, Quincy Ledet Jr. is the the defensive tackle from Louisiana. He's going to be wearing number five. Uh, Steve Linton, the linebacker transfer from Syracuse, will wear number seven. C.J. Baskerville, the defensive back from San Diego State, will wear nine. Um, Dre McRae will wear ten. He's the the receiver. Uh, Rusty Stats, the offensive lineman from Western Kentucky, wore fifty three. Um, and then the freshmen that are here on campus already We've got Jake Strong, quarterback. Uh, Dylan Spencer, Anquan Willis, Chapman Lewis, um, Brendan Jordan, Jordan Sanford, uh, Mikhail Dingle, Jaden Cofield, Caden Carr, Daniel Silt, Aiden Meeks, and Graylin Rigsby. I'm, try- I'm trying to read the, the the first names are a lot smaller on this graphic, but if you go to the Text Tech Football Twitter account, it's on there uh, from 11 a.m. on the 21st. Um, but like I said, there's there a lot of a lot of content already coming out from the the, the account, the team from practice today. You've got some some photos. You've got a video from uh, Kenny Perry leading, uh, introducing running backs and taking us through a ladder drill. Um, so good stuff there. And like I said, a season preview also linked there to the website. Are you going to be able to make it to the spring game this year? I should. Um, that's in like a month, right? It's like on the 23rd. That number's sticking in my head for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, 22nd, whatever that Saturday is. Yeah. I've, I've, we've been slowly kind of re reintroducing ourselves to the public <laughs> after the baby was born. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, we've been able to go out. We're able to kind of, uh, handle, you know, baby duties with, uh, only one, one of us on, on, on hand for, a stretch of time, whether, you know, it's me alone with the baby. I've got ways to feed her. Obviously I can change a diaper and keep her, uh, clothed and clean. Uh, if Samantha's got her, that's even better. Cause she's the, she's the source. Right. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I, it, with everything else going on, the start of spring practice kind of snuck up on me. Uh, it was like, it was coming out today. I was like, like year two, like it starts now. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was like, oh, football <laughs> practice starts today. Uh, I just not been keeping up with it with the baseball, with the basketball stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, spring practice here. We'll have 15 practices ending with the spring game on the 22nd. So a month from the, the 22nd, April 22nd, Lowry Field. Um, I think that the thing that we, we were talking about was uh, – or that I was initially excited about was that um, projected depth chart or just this, um, just the guys that you can expect to contribute, whether or not they're starters or, or depth pieces, but that you're going to be such an old team this year. And, and, and I, I think that's a good thing and that you're, um, you're setting yourself up to be competitive now um, and, and immediately in, in the new big 12 uh, moving forward. But especially this upcoming year that you've got a lot of experience, a lot of, a lot of years, a lot of starts um, that will be contributing day one for this team. Um, 
I think that's just, like I said, it's really exciting. I, I think it's something you can definitely continue to build off of from last year. Uh, you've got just that depth and that age. Yeah, I mean, completely forget what I said about how exciting it is to watch a young baseball team. Um, well, I, it's I'm exciting ready to watch an old football team. <laughs> it's exciting in a different way because baseball. I, I think yeah, you can it's, kind it's of different. get away. It's like, different. yeah, you, you you can get around a young baseball team. Like, you, you, there are some things that you have to like you have to make adjustments to really quickly, um, and they have to make the job. But then you have to kind of figure out how, how they can play together because uh, there's not as much of a requirement or a need for like the physical maturation. Like you have to catch up to game speed or um, conditioning or size, whatever, as much in baseball as you do with football. Like if you put a bunch of early high school graduates on the field versus a bunch of fifth year seniors, they will get absolutely demolished in terms of like that kind of gap with football players versus baseball. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of smarts and expertise there on a baseball field, uh, and the 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 more older senior team will be a little more polished. But I think that transition mm-hmm. um, is quite a bit different for for football than it's for for baseball. So it, it's okay to be excited and be watching a young baseball team grow up and come together. Uh, watching a young football team can be really detrimental to your health. <laughs> it can. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay, here it is. I'll just go through it real quick. There's the, the projected, um, it's not even just projected just as a reminder of, 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 of what's coming back. Right. Um, so your quarterback room will be obviously Tyler or led by Tyler Shuck and Baron Morton. Uh, Shuck is a senior Morton's a redshirt sophomore. So it means it'll be in his third year here. Uh, your running backs, Taj Brooks, Cameron Valdez. Valdez as a sophomore, got a lot of play last year. Um, your receivers, your starting your receiving group, Jerron Bradley's a sophomore. And then you got Loic Fungi, senior Miles Price, is senior Nehemiah Martinez is a junior. With guys like J.J. Sparkman is a senior, Dre McCray is a senior, uh, Xavier White's a super senior. Your tight ends, Baylor Cup, Mason Tharp, both juniors and seniors. Your offensive line, Rusty Stats, projected to take over that from Dennis Wilburn from last year. Stats is a senior. Wilburn's a super senior. Your guard uh, will probably be Wilburn. Like I said, it's a senior. If not, he's backed up by Peterson, Landon Peterson. He's a senior. Uh, your other guard uh, transferred from Western Kentucky last year, Cole Spencer. He's a super senior. Um, Caleb Rogers at right tackle is a senior. Monroe Mills, left tackle, is a junior. So, like, you could look across the line and your youngest player could be Monroe Mills, who was probably your best offensive lineman last year at a, at, at, as a junior. You could be, you could have two seniors, two super seniors and a junior across your offensive line. And if you do that, like you're, you're, you're running people over, uh, defensively, your, your defensive line, you've got, uh, Hutchings and Bradford's are both super seniors. Mile Cole's a super senior. Ledette's a senior. Um, Steve Linton that's coming in, uh, as a senior, uh, then you've got Joseph Adidere, uh, as only a sophomore, but has a ton of experience already. Uh, your linebackers, Josiah Pierre, Jacob Rodriguez, Bryce Marie, Bryce Ramirez, hopefully he'll be able to get back in time. And Tyreek Matthews, the youngest of that group is Jacob Rodriguez as a, as a junior. Pierre Ramirez are both seniors. Tyreek Matthews is a super senior. 
Uh, you've got Isaac Smith and Robert Wooten. Smith is a, is a sophomore, but he, he was getting a lot of play there at the end of the season, doing really well, uh, especially in that Oklahoma game. Um, defensive backs, uh, your star uh, will probably be C.J. Baskerfield, that transfer from San Diego State. He's a junior, not being backed up by a four-star freshman, Brandon Jordan. Uh, corners, you got Malik Dunlap, super senior. Rashad Williams, a super senior. Um, in your safeties, Dadrian Taylor-Dimerson is a super senior. Tyler Owens is a super senior. And if not those guys, then it's going to be highly recruited guys uh, that were either coming in now or that were here last year. Um, so it's not like you've got just depth pieces behind your super seniors. You've got guys that are you know expected to contribute along their their, their career. So really, really old team, um, you know, which to me sets up really well for this year. You'd hope that like you, you're able to get some depth pieces built up behind that because with that many seniors I just listed off, if they all leave, <laughs> you're going to be replacing a lot of guys. Um, but certainly, you know, if everybody's staying healthy and that's the, the kind of group you're looking at with that many seniors, man, and you could really be an old and experienced team that can really build off of what you were able to start last year. You have anything else with football, Michael? Nine wins. Nine wins. All right. I love it. I I don't, I'm, I'm not there yet. Oh, it's early. We, I, I, I haven't seen any, any snaps of spring practice yet. I haven't watched any of our guys play each other yet. I mean, who knows? So yeah, I've got to, I've got to really break down film before I can fully commit to a record. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up with, with what do we learn? What do we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, we uh, let, let, let's start with with the, the little, little league update. I, I promised everybody that at the beginning. Uh, you, you'll remember my son Grayson. Uh, I've been his his little league coach for four years now. He's not playing this year, and I decided to get back into umpiring. So, thankless job. Oh no! Um, season started last night. I had two games last night, uh, and I you am proud. One yet? No, 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 not yet. Uh, but I, I'll be, I'm proud to tell you, Michael, I had, I had two pretty clean games. My, my the first game, uh, now granted, I did call a couple of games last year. So I wasn't like completely, uh, coming in cold, but last year was the first time I'd called in like 10 years, but I got into the game last night. My first game, I was behind the plate. Now I'm calling, uh, the division, excuse me, that Grayson would have been in. So this is the first year of kid pitch. And these, these pitchers aren't, they have no idea what they're doing. So it's not like any balks or anything weird like that. You just got to call it like a big strike zone and um, you just got to get the, the batters swinging the bat. But we had a call that the the guy I called with last night, he's the umpire coordinator. He's been doing this for 20 years or whatever. He's the, he's the big guy in charge uh, for this league. And I was calling out at a Cooper. He wanted to see me call a game before he could, he, he could schedule me with other umpires. Um, we had a batter interference that I called correctly. I was like, I was like, man, like when it happened, like I immediately called time. I was like, Hey, the runner goes back to first. The batter is out. Um, he came up to me and the happening is like, I have not seen that happen in the 10 years I've been out here doing this. <laughs> I was like, well, and you handled it. You handled it like a pro. Holy crap. Yeah. Like my first game back and, 
we get a we get a, a situation that you know, of course, was super rare and random. Because as as eight year olds tend to be with baseball, it's completely random. You have no idea what's going to happen. The ball is going to be going not where you expect it to be. Um, so what had happened? Like the the batter, uh, it was a wild pitch. So that, of course, uh, ball gets past the batter. He steps out of the box right and, and, and gets out of the way. Um, a run comes in from third. He scores. Um, then they throw the ball like they're, they're late throwing the ball back to the catcher. So sorry. The pitch comes in, the catcher throws the ball out and it's missed run comes in to score. The ball comes back in behind the runner for whatever reason. Um, doesn't hit the catcher first. It just like, it just goes right to the batter. I don't think he, the batter even knew where the ball was. And it goes off of his bat. So like his like he's just kind of like hanging his bat down. Um, and just randomly the ball hits the bat. And it's like, hold on. That's time. We got dead ball. <laughs> so the runner that was trying to go from first to second, like, no, he's gotta go back. Unfortunately, this happened on the first pitch of this batter's at bat. So he was he was called out, having oh, seen man, one pitch. Out. <laughs> and he he like obviously like it wasn't intentional, but you have to impose like a penalty, right? Like if you're gonna call that kind of thing. But anyways, I, I was probably get that one right. The next game we called, I was in the field. Uh, I was the base umpire. Uh, and it was a two, two teams that couldn't find a pitcher catcher combination that could catch the pitch. And it was like, it was a lot of, it was a walk and like the next batter up, the, the catcher w- w- would miss the pitch and the batter would go from first to second. Next pitch, batter goes from second to third. Next pitch, that runner comes home to score. So like I'm just kind of following the runner out and then back over to first. And I'd follow the runner out and back to first. I was just, I did a lot of walking. Um, and then I had a couple of really long calls where there was a runner, like, uh, you know, it, if there's a runner on second and third with, with there, there being a two umpire system, the second umpire, the field umpire, which I, I was in the second game, I'm basically out in shallow left field. But what always happens, you get out there and the play's going to be at first. So like I'm calling a like a bang so bang play at first. No, no, you just, you have to call from more like you get as close as you can, which isn't very far because you don't want to be in the middle of everything. Um, you get I, I had two bang bang plays at first. I called from behind shortstop. <laughs> uh, but to to my to my credit, or at least uh, because of the score, or whatever I don't know, uh, there weren't any groans when I called them out. They're like, okay, because it happened to the team that was and and the first base dugout they. They didn't have any complaints on those calls. Like, well, I'll take that as I got it right. So I'm back in Little League. Uh, I'm not coaching. Uh, Grayson's not playing. I'm umpiring. I've got two more games on Thursday and then two more next Monday. And then we'll get a whole fresh new schedule out. Um, I can't confirm it, Michael, but on my way out of the stadium, the, 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 the ballpark last night, I think that player's dad that I coached with a couple of years ago that quit in the middle of the tournament. I think he was walking out ahead of us because he kept looking back, but I couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't tell it was him or not. And I didn't see his son with him. I saw the daughter. I saw a daughter with him and a mom, but the daughter wasn't playing. Like she, 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 she wasn't on a team that was playing last night. I was like, well, he's got to be around here somewhere. Cause he's, this guy wouldn't be out here without a baseball player, but he's like, he looks like this guy. I was like, okay. So now I think I know who he is, which, which team he's on. But, uh, yeah, man, back back in little league, getting paid for it this time instead of me paying them. 
uh, and I get to be the the asshole that that ejects dads that are too wrapped up in their <laughs> their kids' success in little league. So, um, well, you don't have to go to practice. No, I don't have to go to practice. Uh, I'm 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 not going to do it every night. I'll, they have games out there six days a week. I'm not I, I'm not doing that to Samantha. She was about to kill me last night on, on the first game, um, because just the boys were just driving her up a wall. She's like. My main focus right now is making sure that this baby girl stays alive and these boys are trying to kill themselves or each other or whatever. She's like, you're distracting me from keeping the baby. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm excited about it, man. Cause like, you know, I, I, I love baseball and I'm, 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 I try to be involved in it as best I can. I want to be good at what I do. Uh, I, I, I spent quite a few hours studying and preparing for this and, have a book of notes and trying to be ready to go. Uh, and I felt like the first games went well. So I'm excited. Uh, I probably won't have a little league update every, every time we record. Cause I don't think people care about how well what the, what the umpires are doing. If they're they have funny stories to share. Sure. But, um, just, I guess we want to share could that. We, could we call it, could we call it behind the plate? Sure. Behind the plate. Because yeah, the way that we schedule, exactly. there'll be two games. Like any day that I sign up to do a game, it'll be two games. I'll, I'll, if I'm doing it with a partner that has some experience, we will rotate. I will do a game behind the plate, and I'll do a game in the field. So yeah, behind the plate will work. Mm. Okay. okay. Well, we've gone long enough on Little League, because I'm sure everybody cares about this. Let's uh, let's wrap this up with the our draft of the Big 12 tournament food items. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, Gamma Gouch just tweeted out the list of foods that were announced, rolled out for the Big 12 basketball tournament there in Kansas City. Um, some of them sound better than others. I'll, I'll go through the list really quickly and tell you the pool that we're, we're drafting from. Uh, the Baylor Float, which is a vanilla ice cream and Dr. Pepper float. The Cyclones Tenderloin, it's a, it's a, a sandwich it's a, on a Kaiser bun, breaded pork tenderloin, sliced onions, sweet and spicy pickles. Jayhawks mac and cheese, pasta and creamy white cheese sauce topped with house smoked pulled pork, Levi's signature barbecue sauce, I don't know what that is, and crispy fried onions. Um, I did see a picture of this, and this may be the one that's going to have a lot of people <laughs> struggling here. The K-State's Wabash Cannon Dog, the bacon-wrapped jumbo hot dog topped with wildcat purple relish, and I think it was a relish that threw everybody off in this picture. Uh, Stormin' from Norman, Oklahoma Taco. Fry bread topped with ground beef, shredded lettuce, chopped tomato, beans, onions, and chili. Pistol Pete's OSU fried corns, a lote style bacon fried corn topped with crushed Doritos. TCU loaded tots, tater tots, spicy queso sauce, chopped house smoked brisket, pico de gallo topped with horn frog purple sour cream. Longhorn quesadilla, triple cheese quesadilla, steak or chicken with burnt orange salsa rojo sauce. Tex Mask Rider Burger, all beef patty, cheddar, fried onion rings, sweet pickled jalapenos, and Red Raider, Red Raiders barbecue sauce. Not to be a uh, homer here, but Michael, that sounds pretty damn good. One of the best. So I agree. I mean, list. that's up there. Got to be. Um, West Virginia Mountaineer roll, sliced pepperoni, mozzarella cheese, and a soft roll. So, not, not too bad there with a, a pepperoni roll. Michael, you're gonna you're gonna roll for us, right? You can determine who which one of us is gonna draft first. Are, are we gonna take turns? Yeah, we gonna have, I have a, like I have a, a, I have a coin. We're gonna have like a miniature snake draft, like 
Like say I, I go first, I, I go first, you go second, and then you go again, and then I go twice, or just just all alternate. I say we alternate, but uh, that, that's you me. know, I say we alternate too. All right, let's do this then. Okay. All right, you call it in the air. Here we go. You didn't call it. I didn't see it. Sorry. Okay. Tails. Oh, sorry. Let me get the, let me get it for the screen. Okay, no, I'm gonna do it again. Because oh. we gotta we gotta get this accurate. All right. Oh, that's not a very. Anyway, I haven't looked. What do you want to heads? Pick? Heads, it is. Yes. Congratulations. Right. With the first pick of the 23 personnel Big 12 tournament food draft, I'm taking Tex Mask Rider Burger. Heck oh yeah. man. So okay, diving right in. It says Red Raiders barbecue sauce. Do you think that means Raider Red? The regular meats sauce, that 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 was my yeah. my expectation of it, but like that's a good that's a good sounding barbecue burger, cheddar fried onion ring, sweet pickled jalapenos and a barbecue sauce. Oh, give me some of that. All right. Okay, with, I am going with the um, Jayhawks mac and cheese. Okay. Which is basically. I mean, it's just it's just mac and cheese with pulled pork on it, and crispy fried onions. Okay, delicious. That's that's my number one pick. So, with with my second pick, I'm I'm, I'm looking at probably like rounding out a a meal here. Give me TCU's laid, oh. loaded tots. So it's tater tots, spicy. I think I'm going to be sauce. the guy that just drafts all quarterbacks. So <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be a very good team. I'm just going to have like nine tight ends. So the as a reminder, the tots have queso, chopped brisket, pico, and a, a purple sour cream. Purple sour cream is kind of that, that kind of ruins it for me, but I, I think we can make it work. There's some really good ones left. Yeah, um, there are a couple good ones left, but <laughs> I think I'm really torn between the Oklahomas. You know, that fry bread. I talked about fry bread. There was, we actually ordered some from a a local chef recently. Samantha's Desiree parents, Rose, by the way, no free ad. Samantha's parents uh, will occasionally do like for our Sunday dinners, we'll do like a Navajo tacos, which is just a like a taco bar on fry bread instead of regular uh, tortillas or, or, or taco shells. So. Yeah, so that that's pretty much where I'm at. And so I'm thinking if I wanted to get crafty and, and kind of go the route that you did, um, I could put a little of my mac and cheese on on some of this fry bread. So I'm going with the Stormin from Norman, Oklahoma Taco. That's the fry bread with ground beef, shredded lettuce, chopped tomato, beans, onion, and chili. Okay, well, you, you tipped your hand, so I'm going to take Pistol Pete's Oklahoma State's fried corn. For my third pick there, a low taste style bacon fried corn topped with Damn crushed it. Doritos. Hell yeah, brother. I think next for me, we're uh, we're heading we're heading up to Ames. Okay. We're gonna go with solid, the, solid pick. The uh the Cyclones tenderloin, the Kaiser bun, breaded pork tenderloin, sweet and spicy pickles. I think the pickles are right really kind of sold me on that one. All right. Um, what we have left is the Baylor float, 
the Wabash Cannon Dog, the Longhorn Quesadilla, and the Mountaineer Roll. Um, got a couple I want to avoid. <laughs> so let's see, what do I have left that I want? It's that one. <coughs> let me, uh, let me. I've been trying to mute those. I'm, I'm struggling over here. I've nah, had you're a good, rough you're good. weeks. Sinus wise. Uh, let me go ahead and take shoot though. <laughs> okay. No, it's fine. Uh, let me go ahead and take the mountaineer roll. Sliced pepperoni, mozzarella cheese. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So right. out of what's left? Baylor float, Longhorn quesadilla, and the Wabash cannon dog. Okay. Longhorn quesadilla for sure. Okay. That's what I'm taking. All right. See, I, I was going to be okay if that one fell to me, um, but I'm taking the Baylor float for my last pick. Vanilla ice cream and Dr. Pepper. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I absolutely want nothing to do with that Wabash cannon dog. <laughs> I, I don't either. And you saw photos of it. So not only was the wildcat purple relish look like a poor man's caviar, um, but the dog itself is bacon wrapped and there wasn't a whole lot of texture to it. It, it was a, it so was, it was a, a poor a, picture representation of it, but it did not look good. No. And it was the word I can come up with to most, you know, you know, family friendly to disguise this or describe this as phallic. Mm. Hate to see it. So yeah, not a very appealing looking thing, but now I'm stuck with it. So now I've, now I've got it on my team. All right. Recap. Uh, Michael's team are the Cyclones tenderloin is the breaded pork tenderloin, sliced onion, sweet and spicy pickles, Jayhawks, mac and cheese, the Wabash cannon dog and the Stormin from Norman, Oklahoma taco. I've got the Baylor floats, ice cream, Dr. Pepper float, the Pistol Pete's fried corn, elote style corn, topped with crushed Doritos, TCU loaded tots, Tex masked rider burger, and the West Virginia Mountaineer roll. Let us know. I also uh, have the quesadilla, and I wonder oh, what quesadilla. Yeah, you're right. I wonder what bacon fried corn is. Uh, I, I would assume it's like corn, like off the cob, fried in bacon grease. Okay, that would make too much sense. But I don't know. I'm just going off the, the, the direction, the um, the description there. We should draft more food. That was fun. That was, yeah, that was good. Uh, let us know uh, which team you think would win head-to-head in a, in a plate you would want. Um, or uh, if you would have chosen differently. Like if you were all about that, like the quesadilla, uh, you know, get a steak and cheese quesadilla. It's, it's not bad. I just, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I had that, you know, down to the mountaineer roll and the quesadilla was essentially the same kind of, it was a meat and cheese, meat and melted cheese type of dish. So anyways, yeah, and that was fun, man. Yours is way more well-rounded. You have some sides sort of. Yeah, I, I, I've got like an appetizer, I've dessert. got a burger, I've got sides and dessert. Mine's just like a bunch of main dishes. You've got four main dishes and a side. <laughs> That's fine though. I'd go to the hospital if I ate mine. Well, I think we both would. Let's not. Let's not. 
it's, it's not like it's a like I had a, any better of a or less fried options. I mean, I mean burger is not that the best for you. Got two fried items of mine and pepperoni and mozzarella. I mean, anyways, that was fun, man. Well, Sorry. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's yeah. good to be back. It's good to be back. I was going to say that. It's good to be back with you all. Uh, thanks for hanging with us. Um, we should be back on a, on a regular schedule moving forward now, uh, unless something happens with the baby. I told uh, umpire scheduler, hey, I'm out. No Tuesdays for me, man. I got prior engagements. Getting back on this here podcast with all of you guys. Um, I had a great time tonight talking baseball, basketball, football. Hopefully we'll have a new head coach for the basketball team, men's basketball team, women's team, continue their success in the NIT football spring practice. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.